0: On today's episode of Philly Sports Talk, we're going to recap the wildcard weekend. It was really exciting. A lot of close games, a lot of, you know, just classic NFL football, best football weekend of the year with the college football national title game on Monday. Um, and I just can't wait to talk about it. But first, before we get into the show, I just want to congratulate Mitchell Trubisky, the 2021 MVP of the NFL. This is a astounding award to add to his trophy case and I just wanted to give him a congratulations for winning it
1: yep Nickelodeon's valuable player he had (laughs) you know his team put up a solid nine points he really just deserved the award and you know Deshaun Watson won the Heisman Mahomes won a Super Bowl and MVP but I don't think any of those awards matter I think the MVP is the most important so Trubisky you can no longer say he's the bust everyone so your Trubisky haters he is there to stay Kaka, which i don't think he's actually there to stay
0: yeah um,
1: <laughs> let's get right into the games uh the saints beat the bears 21 to 9 and i'm gonna go over to jerry and he's gonna tell us what our predictions were from last week for this
0: yeah so when we did the preview episode for this weekend we made our predictions at the end and the coy said that the bears were going to win this game i said the saints were going to win by 30 technically neither of us were right it was uh, kind of like a defensive stalemate, both defenses played really good. And to your credit, I think the Bears would have won if they had maybe anyone better than the league's 31st best starting quarterback, uh, playing for them because he did not make any big plays at all. Oh, come on, and
1: you can't come out the MVP.
0: <laughs> the MVP, he does have the MVP, so and that's not an award that any other quarterback in the league has. So I think you could definitely make the case that he's the best, but. Um anyways, you know, he just, Mitchell Trubisky was terrible in this game. There was the one trick play drop pass by Javon Williams, but besides that, he did not have, like, any throws, I, I mean, that were, like, good. Like, I, that seems like a simple and bad way to put it, but, like, it's true. He did not do anything good this game.
1: Yeah, and I think this is the game that shows that Trubisky should be, it should be his, his end, his that should have been his final game as Bears. Sorry for the stutter. But I actually think if Javon Wims caught that ball in the end, zone, the Bears would have won this game. They would have gone into the half with the lead, and they would have got the ball at the, at the beginning of the second half. And it was, it was just such a crucial drop. The momentum could have changed everything. Uh, one thing i like to say about this game, C.J. Gardner-Johnson, I mean, he is an animal at getting players ejected, especially Bears receivers. Uh, Anthony Miller, he got Anthony Miller ejected. Back whenever the Bears and Saints last played, he got Javon Limbs uh, ejected. So he is just an animal.
0: Yeah. You know, he just – he definitely wins. And he got Michael Thomas to punch him in a Saints practice one time. Don't forget (laughs) about that. He's just the best person in the league at getting punched.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And speaking of Michael Thomas, he had a touchdown in this one. It's his first touchdown since late 2019. Wow! But the real touchdown that I would like to focus on – Jimmy Graham caught a touchdown at the end of the game. It was a really nice one handed catch. He ran right into the tunnel, and that was probably his last play of his career. Probably. So that was. I just thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah,
0: and and that was like off topic, but on the, I was watching the Nickelodeon broadcast. On the broadcast, they said that Cole Kmet, the Bears rookie tight end, his all time favorite player is Jimmy Graham. So imagine being your all time favorite player is the guy who you, whose backup you are. That's insane to me.
1: It's pretty sick. Uh, Let's go to the Colts and Bills now to a much more interesting game. Colts 7 seed. They lose to the Bills 27-24. This was really close. It's the Bills' first playoff win since 1995. So, Bills Mafia was going nuts. Josh Allen was really great in the run and pass game both. But the Colts had a chance at the end of the game. There was like 28 seconds left there on the 50-yard line, but they did not get another yard. They could have gotten field goal range to tie it. There was a lot heavy wins, but they could not. And Phil Rivers had to air it out at the end and it didn't even reach the end zone. It just yeah. came a short like five yards. But I mean, honestly, Rivers looked good and but other than that, I don't think I think that's his last game ever as a starter unless he becomes a backup and their the starter gets hurt for another team.
0: Yeah. Uh, Philip Rivers just he's you know, maybe he's a guy who would be interested in coming back like leadership role but i don't think he's a starting nfl quarterback anymore but as you mentioned let's talk about the end of that game because the nfl replay booth that fumble i mean everyone knows what i'm talking about there's that was clearly a fumble i mean how did they not overturn that the replay booths they just i feel like it gets worse and worse every week um yeah
1: i don't i don't know what's going on in new york there <laughs> there's missing just clear challenges where we have the camera to see it and they have much better cameras. So I, I couldn't tell you, it was a clear fumble. I don't like, I don't understand. And you could go back as a whole list of challenges that New York has called the wrong way this year. It just doesn't make any sense. And, you know, at least football fans question what's going on and I'm surprised there's not more demand to fix it.
0: Yeah. I mean, like in my opinion, like, they say that you can only overturn it if it's, like, clear and obvious. If you have to watch it for five minutes straight, I don't think it's clear and obvious. Like, they should just – they overthink it too much, I feel like. They should just – and and most of the time just go with what the ref says unless it was clearly an idiotic call. But but it didn't even change the uh, end of the game because despite, you know, getting bailed out by the refs, the Colts could not complete that. Like, we talked about Philip Rivers. They had – That whole time when they were reviewing the challenge to draw up a play, and the first thing they come out with is a screen that gains two yards, and the guy didn't even get out of bounds and stop the clock. And then the next two plays, Rivers throws the ball away, and then by that Hail Mary that they didn't, like, I'm pretty sure that he didn't even, like, get within the 10-yard line. It was so far away from the end zone. Uh, I don't know why they didn't bring in Jacoby Brissett, but I don't think that would have made a difference as a Hail Mary we're talking about. And Bills win 27-24. to I think, you know, you look at the score and it's like a close game. And we kind of predicted that in our predictions. We both said that it was a possible blowout for the Bills. But, you know, the Colts are a pretty good matchup against them. And a lot of people, I feel like, are kind of more reluctant on the Bills than they were before this. But I don't think that this is really shying me away from the Bills. If anything, I'm more behind them being a Super Bowl team because, you know, like I said, it's a bad matchup for them. The Colts' defense is really strong. I'm really good at taking away some of the things that the Bills do really well, but they managed to pull through and get a win.
1: Yeah, I'm, I don't know. I'm just still not sold on the Bills. I actually like the Bills, but I just – I don't think they can get past the Chiefs. Um, But either way, one last note I'd like to say on this game, Jonathan Taylor had a really sneaky good year this year. He had it finished with around 1,500 yards, and he was probably a top three or four running back in the league this yeah, year. Yeah, he finished. so. That's, that's an upside for Colts fans he for sure. He finished third
0: in the league in rushing yards, and there was a lot of times early on in the year where he fumbled, bad fumbles, he got benched, stuff like that. But that second, that last like seven, eight-week stretch of the season, he was just putting up 100, 150, 200-yard games left and right. He had 250 yards in Week 17, and I, th- I mean, he's a beast. I think he's probably going to go first round next year in fantasy drafts.
1: Yeah, he is definitely – something a positive for Colts fans heading into the all season. Let's go into the next game. The Rams win against the Seahawks 30 to 26 seed over the three seed. The Seahawks just could not get anything going. And they're, I mean, how do you not win when the other team really doesn't have a quarterback? John Wolford got hit in the head. He was rushed to the hospital afterwards. I think it was more of a neck problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've not seen the report on him yet. Jerry Goff is playing 12 days after his thumb surgery and he was not good either. So, Neither of these two quarterbacks are very good, but I'll tell you who was good. Cam Akers, he controlled the game. Uh, on 28 attempts, he had 131 yards and touchdown. I mean, he was gaining three, four, five yards on almost every play, I and mean, he was controlling the pace of the yeah, game.
0: Yeah, Sean McVay's just so great with that offense. Did you know that the Sean McVay's Rams have never lost a game where they were leading at halftime? I believe that was 27. Yeah, it was like 38 games, straight. About 30 straight games. Uh, that's incredible. I feel like the things he's doing with Cam Akers remind me a lot of, the things he used to do with Todd Gurley when he was Offensive Player of the Year um, for the Rams a, f- a couple years ago. But, you know, I have a question for you. Who do you think played worse, the Seahawks or the Steelers?
1: Uh, I'm going to use Seahawks just considering that the Rams didn't really have a quarterback. Yeah,
0: I mean, the Steelers, we'll get to them later, but, man, they sucked. Um, but the Seahawks, like, <laughs> they lost to a team without a quarterback. It was just – they played bad overall. Whereas I feel like the Steelers possibly could have won that game if it weren't for Marquise Pouncey's bad snap. That was just a momentum. It like they had a terrible game coming out of the gate and they were playing from behind the whole game.
1: Yeah, so let's talk like so Russell Wilson, he could not get any rhythm in this game for the Seahawks. He had one nice play to DK Metcalf, and it was a broken play, broken route, and he does that ended in like a sixty yard touchdown. But previously, before that, Darius Williams had that pick six, and that was a big game. That was a big game right there. That was that put them up. I'm pretty sure. And just after that, Rands never looked back. Really, it was just the Rams game to win. Yeah,
0: honestly, I think the Seahawks should seriously consider uh, looking into new head coaching options because Pete Carroll, in my opinion, he was the worst coach. I said this. I don't think I said it on the podcast, but I said he was the worst coach um, that made the playoffs this year including Matt Nagy, Bruce Arians, all of them. I just think he does a terrible job with the tools that he has. Russell Wilson is a top three, five QB in the league. And when you have a guy like him, plus a solid surrounding roster, you should not be losing to a team without a quarterback in the wild card.
1: Yeah. And it's interesting because I believe he signed like a five-year extension yeah, this over this recently all <laughs> season. So I don't think he's going anywhere, Jared, but – uh, let's go into the next game. The Buccaneers beat the football team 31 to 23. Uh, this game was pretty close. And I, I got, I believe I got this prediction correct. I believe I said Buccaneers uh, with just under 10 points. Uh, this is Brady's 31st career playoff win. That is remarkable. And Brady did play well. He was 20, 20 yards shy of 400 yards. And he threw two touchdowns. So, you know, overall, the, the Bucs defense, I mean, offense is really good because Leonard Fournette also stepped up with the offense. Or the absence, yeah. Of the predictions, Jones.
0: by the way, forgot to read the Seahawks Rams one. We both pretty much picked Seahawks, but we were kind of reluctant about it. We said it would be a close game. I, I mean, we still were pretty much wrong about it. The Rams, it wasn't really that close. But uh, I don't know. But the Bucs prediction, we both did get right. You picked the Bucks, and you also said that games they could possibly be within ten fifteen points. And that was true for five out of six games. The Bears ruined that by having no offense whatsoever. Um but moving on, like I actually said that that in my prediction, I said if Heinke plays, he could make this game pretty interesting. And that's exactly what he did. I'm the football team has to be really excited over him. Do you think he's their starting quarterback week one next year?
1: No. I think they gotta go different court. I see, he's just one of those guys where, you know, he played good in a couple of games, but it's like uh, you you know what mm-hmm. I mean. You're just, like, a little hesitant on guys like that. You feel like there's better options on the table. Uh, if Washington doesn't take a quarterback in the draft or sign anyone in on the offseason, then he is their week one starter, I would say. And, you know, he's not going to be a bad starter. Uh, I just – I'm a little reluctant I mean, on him. he looked
0: really – like, he can do stuff with his legs. He made really great throws throughout the game. But, obviously, it is one game, and you shouldn't get too excited. About it. I think they bring him back, you know – maybe draft a QB in the later rounds, maybe resign, sign sign some veteran. I don't know. Maybe Cam Newton reunites with Ron Rivera. I have no clue what they do, but they're picking pretty late in the first round. I don't think they'll be able to get, you know, starting caliber QB. Maybe if they want Kyle Trask, I don't know. I think that what we're going to see with the football team is they have a few guys, including Heineke who go into training camp and just compete for the starting job. Whoever wins it, wins it.
1: Yeah. I'll tell you what, uh, you know they they have the defense. They just need to get that offense. But the Buccaneers they are they are dangerous now because Fournette is looking good. He's looked good in his last like three or four games. Brady is looking really good. Evans is back fully. I believe he had a hundred plus yards in this one. And Antonio Brown is starting to get involved a lot in the game plan, and he is working out uh, for the Bucks. But one last thing I like to say is that Heineke and the football team had a chance to had the ball with around two thirty left. At down eight, they could not capitalize. So yeah, that was the end of it. Um,
0: I'm just gonna say this. I think the my the Buccaneers are my pick to make the Super Bowl at this point out of the NFC. I think what it comes down to next week, the Bucks play the Saints. I think the Bucks have their number in that one. The Saints beat them twice already, but uh, third time's a charm, I guess. And it'll be like a rematch of Packers Bucks. We saw the Bucs destroy them earlier in the year. I don't think that's going to happen again, but. I think the Bucs will be the team that represents the NFC in the Super Bowl this year. I don't think they'll necessarily win it, but I think they will make it. That's my prediction.
1: Yeah, and I can't disagree. I don't think the NFC is a clear favorite, where I think the AFC, there's no really clear favorite either. But, I mean, you kind of had to go with mm-hmm. Mahomes and the Chiefs. But, you know, let's go into the Ravens and Titans. Ravens win 20-13. to It's Lamar's first ever playoff win. Uh, I, I believe I had the Ravens with this one. And Lamar was good with the passing game and the running game as usual. He had a couple explosive runs that were for touchdowns. But I want, the main thing in this game, and this has to be the headline, the Ravens limited Derek Henry to pretty much nothing. 18 attempts, 40 yards, yeah, so he did they nothing. they
0: sold out to stop the run, and early on it was not looking good for them. They fell behind, which is the exact opposite of what they want to do. They, last year we saw the same thing happen where they fell behind early to the Titans, and the Titans just controlled that game, and they can never get back into it. But the Ravens fell behind, and because they sold out the run, and Tannehill was doing that play-action stuff they does so well, and they were, like, lighting them up early on. But the Ravens just managed, because they never let uh, Tennessee run the ball. They stayed through all four quarters, limited the run, and that was, I think that was their key to success and what ended up winning them that game.
1: Yeah, and... Another big thing in this game that I like to take out of Marquise Brown in his last around five weeks, I'd say he's been playing really well. And this one, he had 109 yards. So if he can start to pan out, him and Lamar yeah. could be lethal. Uh, but Marcus Peters had a key interception this game. Key interception. Mm-hmm. He had that one at the end. Yeah, that to was seal a it. Uh,
0: pretty bad throw by Tannehill, I thought. Um, yeah, I think that's safe to say that Marquise Brown gets his nickname back. We can call him Hollywood again after a 100-yard performance and he's been playing pretty good the past uh, few weeks, I'd say. I'm officially going to re- give it back to him. I took it from him, I believe, on an earlier podcast in the season after he was playing terribly. He gets it back now.
1: Yeah. Uh, talk about the Titans for a second. Ryan Tannehill, he was okay, but I think this was, like, I think the Titans' offense as a whole, the coordinator and everything, saw that the run game was not working. I think they kind of panicked. Uh, but other, the only good note other than really – well, there was not many good notes, but really the only good note for the Titans on offense is A.J. Brown. He had a nice game. But, you know, yeah, what else is we new with him? You didn't so. say a whole
0: lot about Lamar. I mean, he played great in this one. He Like, I saw – I heard someone say Lamar Jackson looks like – a high, when you look at a NFL players' high school tape where, like, Derrick Henry or whatever, where they're just – these kids – with like prepubescent bodies and just like juking everyone out, uh, speeding down the field. That's what Lamar Jackson looks like sometimes. That one touchdown that he had where it was like a 40-something yard rushing touchdown, he outran Adoree Jackson, the cornerback, who's very fast. He was. It looked like he was going to get sacked, and I was watching. I was like, Lamar never throws the ball away. I was like, just throw the ball away. And then he escapes the sack, and he just jukes everyone down the field, runs all the way in for the score. Um, He's a walking highlight. I don't know how you can – be an NFL fan and not like Lamar Jackson.
1: Yeah, he is fun to watch. Uh, you know, that run was like, what, 45 yards? It was it changed the time. It was of the game. winning touchdown. So.
0: Yeah, and this is his first career playoff win. Lamar is great, man. Um, our predictions for this game, we both picked the Ravens, actually. Um, we said it was going to be a close one, and it was. So we'll take our victory lap on that one. We were both right uh, for this one in the Bucs game. We were both pretty much on the money.
1: Yep. All right. Well, let's get into the Browns and Steelers now. Final game of the Wild Card Weekend. Browns win seed, beats the three seed. They had a twenty eight nothing lead to end the first quarter. So, the, <laughs> and it's the Browns' first playoff win since nineteen ninety four. So they had a longer drought than the Bills did. Um, so yeah, the the Browns just they just had momentum. I wouldn't even say that they were the better team. I would just more say they, had, they just had like, more momentum in this one.
0: Marquise Pouncey. That very first snap of the game when he had the way over Big Ben's head and it ended up being a Browns touchdown, that really just killed them. If that snap doesn't happen, the Steelers might actually have won this game. Now, when you look, like Ben Roethlisberger had the most completions of all time in an NFL game, this game, which is pretty crazy if you think about it. He had over 500 yards, but that's really because it was just like the Browns were playing prevent defense the entire game. Like, when you're up by 28 points in a playoff game, you play a lot different play style, and the game goes a lot differently. And he was basically just jumping, dumping off short passes and getting, like, seven, eight, nine-yard gains uh, consistently. And obviously, like, they made it interesting a little bit towards the end, but I don't think the game was ever really in doubt for the Browns.
1: Yeah, the Roethlisberger stat line, well, the most interesting you'll ever see. 47-60 completion-wise, 501 yards, Four touchdowns and four interceptions. So it's that's the most video game like stat line I think I've ever seen out of a football game before. Uh, but I mean, seriously, the Baker was he looked really good. The Browns' run game was good. You know, Cream Hunt didn't have as many yards as Nick Chubb, but he had two touchdowns, and Chubb had a, almost 100 yards. So it was just an all around good game. And Juju Smith Schuster, he had 157 yards and a touchdown. This was like his first good game of the year. And Deontay Johnson also had 117 yards. So those were the main guys for Big Ben while they were down the whole game. I just didn't think the Steelers were prepared for this game mentally. Uh, just they're, they're still talking after the game. Chase Claypool, guys like that, they're just morons. I, I don't know what they're talking about. Claypool literally said that they're going to get clapped next week. Uh, you don't usually say that in a post-game. Well, it wasn't post-game. It was on social media. But you just don't say that. That kind of gives the other team momentum, and it just – it it just doesn't sound right you know and juju screwed screwed them with his words too I, I just these guys are stupid i don't know what they're doing this just shows that there's like i mean I don't, who I do you blame played. this song? juju
0: to be fair juju actually did play play pretty good but yeah some of the things they said they were a lot way too cocky they went 11-0 and then lost what five of their last six games uh if you include this one just a really bad performance and a fitting way for the Steelers to go out after the season where they became the NFL's most hated team pretty much.
1: Yeah. And I just, there's so many people to blame. You can blame like this, the locker room, the coaches for just like not telling people to shop or, you know, give them a little experience. You can blame, I mean, you can almost blame anything. If I'm a Steelers fan, I am not happy with what happened this year. You know, the, just, the way that the Brown, not the Browns, the Steelers use their words, it just, it just shouldn't happen. I don't care if it was only a couple of players. It comes back on the whole organization because they know, or it would, it's not a big deal to them because they just keep on saying stupid stuff like this and all the TikToks, the dancing on the logos, just absolutely stupid. And that's why they're a first round exit. I've been predicting it since week whatever it was. everybody's like Steelers number one. I said they're a first round exit, and I like to take my victory lap as you said earlier on this one.
0: Yeah, moving on. I'm going to bring out a hot take right now We're we're going to make a separate podcast for predictions. But here's my hot take of the week. I think the Browns have a very good chance to knock off the Chiefs next week um, in the divisional round. The Chiefs are their biggest weakness as a team is stopping the run. Browns, one of the best running teams in the league. There's, you know, three things, I think three main things that you need to win in the playoffs. One of them being a defensive line, get pressure on the quarterback, stop the run, all those things, win the battle at the line of skirmish. And obviously the other side of that, the offensive line, so you can run the ball, pass, protect, not give up too many sacks, stuff like that. Um, And then third being your quarterback. Um, This is probably the biggest question for the Browns. They have a great offensive line, great defensive line. Their quarterback, Baker Mayfield, has been up and down throughout his career, but I'm believing in Baker, 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 moneymaker. He is going to beat the Chiefs next week. That's my hot take.
1: All right, and that is a hot take. There's two scenarios that go on in my head, and neither of them end with the Browns win. Uh, I wouldn't honestly be that surprised with if they won, but I just I don't see it happening. The two scenarios in my head: one of them is both teams play really well, including Baker, and they just get out like they just get outscored by the Chiefs in the end. And there's another side of me which I'm leaning towards where Baker has an awful game and the Browns just get pummeled by the Chiefs. Uh, there's yeah, not a situation I'm a Baker where believer the Browns
0: win. When Baker and Patrick Mahomes faced off in college. It was a massive shootout, like the most passing yards in a college game ever. A lot They set a lot of records in that game. I believe the score was like 57 to 40-something. It was insane when they were Oklahoma and Texas Tech, but I think it will be something like that again where it's a shootout. And Actually, no, I'm not sure. I mean, you'll have to tune in to the Predictions Podcast to see what more we have to say about this game because that's going to wrap up this episode, and we'll see you all next time. Thank you.